Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today on the podcast, we're going to be breaking down the 2023 Worldwide Technologies Championship, previously known as the Mayakoba Golf Classic or the Worldwide Technologies Championship at Mayakoba, whatever it is. This event is not being played at Mayakoba anymore. That is now a live golf course. So we're going to be looking at a new course this week here for this event, which gives us a lot to break down, a lot to look at. And definitely going to have to take a little bit of a different approach this week when we make our picks. But either way, we're going to be breaking it down for DFS betting and one and done this week. So whatever your game is that you're playing, hopefully we're going to help you give you guys the information that you need to make the right picks and find some winners this week. Now, we are going audio only here on this episode just because of how the setup worked this week. So if you normally watch on YouTube, welcome um, and hope you enjoyed the audio feed. And while you're here, go ahead and subscribe to the audio feed. That way you'll be notified when new episodes drop, like our weekly golf college football and NFL content. Also, go ahead and make plans in advance now. We are going to be hosting our own one and done for the 2024 PGA Tour season. It's going to start up at the Sony Open in January. Uh, More information on that to come. Um, I'm going to be discussing it here on the podcast as we get closer and closer to it, but also follow me on X at Mike's Money Picks. Um, Information will be tweeted out about it as well. All right, that does it for the introduction. So let's go ahead and start this preview by breaking down the new course itself. So the Worldwide Technology Championship has a new venue, and it is El Cardonal Golf Course at Diamante, which is in Cabo in Mexico. So it's a little tropical destination. It's very close to the beach. This golf course is actually designed by Tiger Woods. Yeah, I I was very interested to see that. This course actually opened in 2014, and it was the first Tiger Woods design course that was um, opened, that was used um, by Tiger Woods' design firm. So Tiger has opened up four courses as a designer since. This was the first one that opened and this is the first one that's going to be used on the PGA Tour. It is located in Cabo so you're looking at a little bit of a tropical location and this is going to be resort golf and here's what I mean by that. This course is a par 72. It's almost 7,500 yards and it features a lot of elevation change but it's not really like sharp elevation change. It's like gradual. So there's not a whole lot of holes where you're like hitting off a cliff or hitting off like an overlook, but it's a lot of holes where it just gradually goes uphill or downhill. It features very large greens. The average green size is about 8,300 square feet, which is of similar size to the biggest greens on the PGA Tour at Kapalua. Um, It's also 30% bigger greens on average than Augusta National, which are some of the bigger greens on the PGA Tour. So huge greens here this week at El Cardinal. Also, the average fairway width is 60 yards. There are even fairways that max out at about 100 yards. There's not a whole lot of rough on this course, so if you miss these incredibly wide fairways, you're just going to be looking at landing in the natural area or like the desert-type area or like a a sandy-type area-ish. But either way, there's no excuse for missing the fairway here with them being 60 yards wide. Water is only in play on one hole. There's not a whole lot of hazards here at El Cardinal. And every green has an open front, meaning that you don't have to carry the ball over a hazard to get to any greens here on this course. You could actually run it up, or if you're short, you're going to be just sitting in the fairway. Um, And Tiger, when he's talking about this course and this design, he has touted the approach angles and strategy will matter in terms of where you can put your ball off the tee that will give you the best angle into the hole for that specific pin location. But I kind of see this being a very, very easy golf course. We're looking at very wide 
fairways, we're looking at very large greens. So it's going to be very easy to hit fairways. It's going to be very easy to hit greens. And when you're hitting greens, you're going to give yourself opportunities for birdie putts. Birdie putts are going to mean lower scores. Now is resort golf, right? So this is a place that is designed to host, you know, 10 handicappers who are on their vacation, you know, is designed for everybody to have a good time. It's not designed to, you know, provide a major championship test to the best golfers in the world. And so I think really the main defense for the course this week is going to be wind. If the wind picks up, then you might see numbers that are a little bit higher. But otherwise, I think this is going to play very easy. I think the winning score is going to be in the at least minus 20 range, if not minus 25, or maybe even minus 30, like we see at courses like um, Kapalua and TPC Craig Ranch. I think this course has the chance of being that easy. And if you are betting in the props market on prize picks or underdog, I would be very curious to see where they set the market at for birdies or better. Um, underdog has not released theirs yet, but if the birdies or better market seems um, kind of low, especially on Thursday, that's something that I'm going to attack. And I think that the overs on birdies might just be printing money until the books are able to adjust. Now, the greens themselves here at this course are past pollen, which is a different kind of grass that is used in tropical locations. So the only other places we see it at on the PGA Tour are at Corrales Golf Club, home of the Corrales Punta Cana Championship. Um, Grand Reserve, home of the Puerto Rico Open, and then previously at Mayacoba um, for this event, we're, we're really the three places that you see it year in, year out on the PGA Tour schedule. Kiowa Island, home of the 2021 PGA Championship, is also past Palm Greens. It's a different type of grass that it, it tends to benefit from historical data, it tends to benefit worse putters. There, gen there generally is less break. There generally is slower speeds. So it becomes a little bit easier for worse putters to do well because there's a little bit more margin for error. It's not like Augusta or somewhere like that where if you miss by two feet, it's going to roll past, you know, seven feet and then you're going to have a breaking putt, you know, for par. It's not like that. It's going to be pretty easy to put on, pretty easy to get two putts, even if you're a long ways away on these big greens. So in terms of course comps, for El Cardinal because we don't have any data from El Cardinal to go off of because this is the first time this you know this course has hosted a major golf tournament right well I shouldn't say major golf tournament a, a professional golf tournament so in terms of course comps I would prioritize the other past pollen courses I, I would you know say that Corrales Puerto Rico and Mayacoba are the three events that you can look at and kind of determine like hey like how do guys play well here because they're all resort type golf courses they are all easy golf courses. They are all past pollen greens and they are pretty similar vein in terms of geography as to what we're going to see here this week. So um, I think Vedanta Vallarta, home of the Mexico Open would also be another one that is that is another one um, that is past pollen greens. That actually might be my primary course comp because that one is a little bit long as well. Um, I also think there's two other resort courses that are not past pollen greens that I think you can go off of, which are Kapalua, home of the Tournament of Champions, and Silverado, home of the Fortinet Championship. Both those are resort courses that feature very wide landing zones off the tee uh, and are generally a little bit easier easier as well. Now, another thing that's interesting this week when it comes to comp courses and it comes to, you know, just kind of looking at the data, a lot of the comp courses here for this event don't have shot link data for those tournaments, meaning the PGA Tour generally doesn't bring their shot link cameras internationally. And so you don't have breakdowns of strokes gained in terms of off the tee approach, 
putting, you know, for a lot of the comp courses here for this event. And so you're going to just kind of have to look at like placement, like, you know, where did the golfer place this week? How, how did they play at that event? And also this is another week where we've got a lack of recent events to go off of. You know, two weeks ago was, was the most recent event and it was in on a whole nother continent from what we're looking at right now, you know, at the Zozo Championship. And so a lot of these guys haven't played in at least two, three weeks. And so you don't really have a whole lot of recent form to go off of as well. So this is going to be the type of event where I'm going to look at previous placings at these tropical courses. I'm going to look at the style of golfer they are before I look at recent form or before I look at a strokes gain breakdown. All right, that does it for the course preview. So let's go ahead and see how can we use all that information to find the right guys this week. All right, so looking at the board on DraftKings and on the betting markets right now, I think there's a very clear big three where these three have a lot more win equity than the rest of the field. And I think all three are at a pretty solid number where I would feel pretty comfortable betting them. Um, and so those three are going to be Ludwig Ober, um, Cam Young, and Sahith Thagawa. So let's break down each guy. So Ober has been just really, really good in, in the last few months. You know, he was great at the Ryder Cup in, in his debut, and he hasn't finished worse than 13th worldwide since August. That's a pretty impressive streak. Um, and I think that his skill set actually matches up with this course pretty well. Now, Ober is a great off-the-tee player because he is not only long off-the-tee with his driver, but he's also pretty accurate with his driver as well. So I don't know if the accuracy is actually going to be much of an advantage here, because, you know, the fairways are so wide. But if, you know, approach angles really do matter like Tiger said they would, and Obear is going to be able to use his distance and his accuracy to give himself the best approach angles and give himself the best chance to roll in a lot of birdie putts. He's got a complete game, and it's only a matter of time before he wins it on the PGA Tour. I definitely don't mind um, playing Obear or betting him outright this week. Cam Young is next up on the list, and he has not played since the FedEx Cup playoffs. So you're getting a well-rested Cam Young. I generally think that for certain guys, I would rather see them coming in off of good recent form and playing recently. And there's other guys that I think the rest might do them some good. Cam Young is a guy that I think the rest might do him some good. He played a lot of events last year um, and just really not a great year for Cam Young. He was a little bit of a disappointment. So I think, you know, getting the little bit of R&R might have helped him out a little bit. But I actually think this is a perfect course fit for him. Um, he is really long off the tee and he can spray it a little bit with the driver. But that's not going to be a problem here because, you know, he's just going to... Um, you know, still be in the fairway because the fairways are so wide that you can spray it off the tee and still be in play. Um, and so in terms of his results at resort courses, he does not have a lot of them. Um, he was T13 at Kapalua last year, but he closed that tournament with a minus nine. So it seemed like over the course of the week, he was able to get the hang of resort golf and how to attack it. Um, and so I think that that might be a little bit of knowledge that he can use um, to head into this tournament and do well. I definitely like the skill set and, and like where Cam Young is at. Just you don't really have any recent form to go off of. Sahith Thagawa is a guy that combines both the course fit and the recent form. We've talked about Sahith with, um, you know, pretty much all the events he plays. If he can be a little bit inaccurate off the tee, he's going to be in great shape because that is his one weakness is his accuracy off the tee. Um, and the recent form coming in, he's been pretty darn solid. You know, he won his first PGA Tour event at the Fortinet Championship, which is another resort course with wide landing areas off the tee. A little bit of contrast is that the Fortinet is pretty narrow fairways, but 
you know, not penal rough, whereas this is super wide fairways and no rough. Uh, and also Silverado, you know, hosted the Fortinet, uh, also tiny greens. And this, and this is not tiny greens this is the exact opposite of tiny greens. So I definitely think there's a little bit of comparison there. Um, but I definitely like the way he's been playing in the last two months and definitely would not mind getting Syed Tagawa into my DraftKings lineups or onto my betting card. Now, after that, I do think there's a bit of a fall-off, but I do think there's a, a few guys that are worth looking at. So, Stephen Yeager is a guy that we've seen a few times in the swing season already, and he's got a 25th and a 45th, so he hasn't really like had a ceiling week. The problem with him is his inconsistency with the putter. You never know if he's going to have a good week with the putter or if he's just going to lose seven strokes putting. And it's going to be kind of hard this week to lose seven strokes putting. So maybe this is a good week for Steven Yeager in terms of, you know, maybe his putting weakness is not going to be magnified by these greens in the past Palm grass. So it might be a good week for Steven Yeager, but I would prefer on DraftKings and in the betting market to pay up for the top three guys as opposed to come down here to Steven Yeager. Now, Lucas Lover is a true wild card. Like Cam Young, we have not seen him since the FedEx Cup playoffs. And in that FedEx Cup playoffs, near the end of the season, Lucas Glover was phenomenal, winning at the Wyndham and then at um, the FedEx St. Jude Championship in back-to-back weeks in a pretty tough field in the FedEx St. Jude Championship. If we get that Lucas Glover, just give him the trophy now. But we don't know if he, we're going to get that Lucas Glover because it's been pretty much two full months since we've seen him play. But that Lucas Glover at the end of the season was not only an elite ball striker like he's been over the course of his career, but he was also an elite putter using that new broomstick putter that you know worked wonders for him last year. And so if that Lucas Glover shows up, then it's going to be a rough time for the rest of the field to try to catch him. But if we don't get that Lucas Glover, again, I would rather go up to the big three as opposed to pay down for Lucas Glover. Now, a guy that I really do think would be the pivot play off of the big three, who has the same ceiling as that big three, is going to be Bo Hostler. So to me, this is just a dream course fit for Bo Hostler. When we think about Bo Hostler, he's, his one weakness is his accuracy with the driver, and he can do everything else pretty well. Like He can be a good off-the-tee player. He can be a good approach player. He can be a good putter. But if he's finding hazards and finding the woods off the tee, it's going to be a long round for Bo, and he has the chance to really have some big numbers when that happens. Well, I don't think that's going to be the case here because of just how this course sets up. And if you look at his results at resort courses, he's been pretty doggone good. He owns the top 10 at Vedanta at the Mexico Open, and he has made cuts in both Puerto Rico and Corrales. And he also is probably the king of recent form coming in. He's got a seventh place finish and a runner up in his last two events coming into this. So Bo Hostler, definitely a guy that I'm willing to play in DFS and definitely a guy I think is a sneaky bet to win this tournament. Emiliano Grillo is a guy that I think has a really wide range of outcomes. You know, we've seen Grillo in his career do well in these tropical type environments. We've also seen Grillo not do well in these tropical type environments. Heck, and just in the last two months, we've seen him do well and not so well. And he's coming off a 10th place finish at the Zozo. I generally think that Grillo is at his best at shorter, more positional courses, and this is not that. So I definitely think that there's a better spot to use Grillo, but at the same time, it would not shock me if Grillo ended up winning this tournament because his weight, his range of outcomes is genuinely that wide. Thomas Dietrich is a guy who was a little bit of a disappointment at the Zozo, but Thomas Dietrich is a worldwide golfer. And what I mean by that is there's not going to be a 
type of course, a type of grass, a type of environment that is going to phase him because of all his years on the DP World Tour and playing in all those environments there. He has genuinely seen it all. And, and I think he's going to be in pretty good shape for this one for that reason. Like he's generally in his career been a pretty good golfer in windy conditions. And if the wind picks up here, that might really play to his advantage. But he's also been pretty good at resort golf courses in his career. He has two top 15s at Corrales and then another one at the Fortnite Championship at Silverado. So Thomas Dietrich is a guy that I think is just a pretty solid play all around. Now, one of my absolute favorite plays this week is going to be Akshay Batia, which should come as no surprise if you're a long-term listener of the podcast. I'm a big believer in Akshay's talent long-term. I just think he's going to be one of the next big guys on the PGA Tour. He just has to learn how to putt. And this is a place where his putting weakness might not be a weakness. In past Palm Greens in his career, he's been outstanding. He was fourth at the Mexico Open last year, where if you'll remember, the first two were John Rahm and Tony Finau. Um, So, you know, pretty good company there. Um, He was runner-up at Puerto Rico last year, and he also has a win on the Corn Ferry Tour in the Bahamas. And so you're looking at a guy who, whenever he's at tropical courses, plays it really well. For whatever reason, these past Palm Greens tend to really vibe with his game. And so I think he's one of my absolute favorite picks to win this week. And he's one of my favorite plays in DFS this week. Just expect him in DFS. He's probably going to be pretty popular. So you might have to look to get different with the rest of your lineup if you are playing him in DFS. Justin Suss, another guy that I will be playing here at this course. Um, Driving accuracy, which is one of Suh's weak points, is not an issue here. And Justin Suh is one of the best putters in the field. So while I don't necessarily think that you know that's an advantage on past Palm Greens, if this does turn into a birdie fest, and if this does turn into just a pure putting contest in terms of who can make the most 10 to 20 feet birdie putts, you got to feel pretty good about Justin Sell, right? He's a guy who is generally pretty good at putting and can gain a lot of strokes with the putter. Lucas Herbert, I believe, is the same way. Like, Lucas Herbert's a guy who can randomly have, you know, eight or nine strokes gained putting week, and, and that could really pay dividends here this week. I, I definitely think that's one path to victory as opposed to just picking the guys who can bomb it all over the yard. Pick a guy who can win a putting contest. Now, there are three more guys that I want to talk about above 8K, um, and that is going to be Davis Thompson, Taylor Pendrith, and Chris Goddard They're all in a similar category for me, where I think that this course fits all three of them pretty, pretty well, if I'm being honest. Um, you know, Davis Thompson is the guy of the three who has been playing the most consistently well recently. He's a good driver of the golf ball, but can spray it a little bit, and that's not an issue here. Taylor Pendrith is a guy who we've seen really pop up at easy courses in his career, such as, um, you know, the Rocket Mortgage Classic Detroit Golf Club. And last tournament he played, he finished third at the Shriners Children's Open. So that's a pretty good sign for Taylor Pendrith. And then Chris Goddard is a new name that's coming up off of the Corn Ferry Tour, who's played in a few PGA Tour events in the last two years, but he's another guy like Akshay that long-term, I'm a believer in his talent. He kind of looks like great value Burks Kepka. Um, and so I kind of think that his talent long-term is going to win out. From what I have seen of him, he's a really good off-the-tee player. Uh, and, and so if you're driving the ball long and far and, and, and accurately this week, you're going to be a, in p- pretty good shape to put yourself in position to get those birdies. So I definitely don't mind all of Thompson, Pendrith, or Goddard up for my DFS lineups. All right, that does it for the top of the board. So let's take a quick breather and then let's look at some values that we can look at for some long shot bets or for some salary relief in DFS. All right, so the first value play I want to talk about is going to be Cameron Champ, who is a guy that 
I think we have enough of a sample size on his career now to say that Cameron Champ has courses that he plays well at and courses that he does not play well at. He's a pretty good driver of the golf ball. He's one of the longest off the tee on tour, but he really struggles to keep it straight. And then he can be really inconsistent in all other aspects of his game. But if you look at him, he's pretty consistent in terms of course to course courses that he plays well at he can he tends to continue to play well at courses that he doesn't play well at he tends to continue to not play well at so we don't really know if this is going to be a course that he does in fact play well at but what we do know is that one of my comp courses Vedanta Vallarta home of the Mexico Open is a place that he has two top tens at and only two appearances there because that tournament's only been played twice so if this course plays anything like Vedanta Cameron Champ's a guy that you're going to want to have in your lineup and like like I've said about a few guys, I think one of his weaknesses, which is accuracy with the driver, is going to be mitigated here at this course because of how wide the fairways are. Now, after Cam Champ, to me, Doug Gim and Sam Ryder represent the cliff. I really think once you get past Sam Ryder at 7,600, there's not a whole lot of a skill gap between guys who are priced 7,600 on DraftKings. Um, I should have specified that it was on DraftKings. There's not a whole lot of difference between guys who are priced 7,600 on DraftKings and guys who are priced 6,600 on DraftKings. All these guys from, from pretty much after Sam Ryder are guys that you would see in the low sevens or even high sixes on, on a stronger field PGA Tour event. And I think there's, there's just a, a lot of really even type guys in this range. And so I think that you're going to look at a situation where if you're playing DFS, looking to be different can definitely pay big dividends because I don't think that there's actually a whole lot of a difference in skill between the guys in this range. Now, what am I looking for in this range? I'm looking for either comp course history, recent form or, or talent. Like there's some guys that I think are just young up and coming guys who, who could be pretty talented, who I'm also willing to go with this week, just because, you know, what if they're actually good? And, and this is a week where, you know, you don't, have to really be super duper good to come near the top just because the field's not that strong. So let's go ahead and break down some of my favorite plays in this range. So Joel Damon is a guy who has a win at uh, Corrales and two top 15s in the swing season. He's got a combination of recent form and comp course history. Definitely like Joel Damon this week. Nick Hardy is a guy who should fit the course pretty well. He's a guy that very similar to Bo Hostler is pretty good off the tee, but can tend to, you know, spray it a little bit. And that one weakness is going to be mitigated here at this course. Like Joel Damon, Chad Ramey is a guy who has a win at Corrales and two top 20s in the swing season. I think people know about Damon a little bit more, probably because of the Netflix show. And so I think that Chad Ramey might be a natural pivot off of Joel Damon if Joel Damon ends up becoming one of the higher owned players. Austin Ekro is a guy who is, um, I think, a pretty good fit for this event. He owns a top 10 at Corrales and was two for two and made cuts at this event when it was at Mayakoba. Resort golf tends to be pretty well for Austin Ekro. And also, when you look back at the courses he played well at um, last year, the Memorial, you know, from Muirfield Village, very wide fairways. Uh, LA Country Club, very wide fairways. You know, TBC Craig Ranch, very wide fairways. So I think that there's something with Austin Ekro and playing at courses that have wide fairways. And so this might be another one for Ekro, you know, in terms of um, the wide fairway courses. Brandon Wu is the undisputed king of tropical courses. His l resume at tropical courses is just the best of anybody in the field, even better than Akshay. And I think that Brandon Wu deserves a spot in DFS lineups for this reason. So when you look at Brandon Wu's history, he's been third or better at both editions of the Mexico Open. That's pretty darn impressive considering that in both years of that event, John Rahm and Tony Finau have been one and two. And so only John Rahm and Tony Finau have beaten him at that event. 
Yeah, that's pretty darn impressive. And, and that's the only other real, you know, cop course in Mexico that we have that, that's, that's to go off of. And then he also owns two top tens at Grand Reserve at the Puerto Rico Open. And he had two made cuts previously at this event at Mayacoba. And so Brandon Wu at Tropical Courses is a guy that I think you just got to play. And he's a guy that I'm absolutely rolling with here this week. Troy Merritt is a guy who has been surprisingly good in the swing season. He's got two top tens and then another made cut. Troy Merritt's also a guy who tends to play well at Birdie Fest, tends to play well at easy courses. So I definitely see a little bit of merit in playing Troy in your lineups this week. Oh gosh, that was a terrible pun, but I had to get it in there. Now, this is also a week where, like I said, I don't mind dipping into the 6K range because I don't think that these guys are a whole lot worse than the guys that are priced right above them. Adam Long has a great list of history at all of the past Pollen courses. It's pretty long. He's played... Uh, that was also no pun intended. Um, he's also got a lot of events there, um, more so than like Brandon Wu. He doesn't have the splash finishes like Brandon Wu, but he's got a long resume uh, of good finishes at these tropical past Palm green courses. Kelly Craft is a guy who I think is going to be the 6K chalk on DraftKings this week. I think he's going to be a very popular value play. He's coming off of three top 25 finishes, so he checks the recent form box. And he also has four top 16 finishes at Corrales and a 15th at Vedanta at the Mexico Open. So he checks a lot of boxes this week, and he's been playing some good golf. Kelly Craft is definitely going to be very popular. But again, like I've kind of sprinkled throughout the episode, you can play some popular guys as long as you're willing to find some other guys, some sleepers that might not be as highly owned in DFS this week. Carson Young is a guy who very nearly won at Puerto Rico earlier in 2023. And Carson Young is a guy kind of similar to... Um, what I said about Justin Sud and Lucas Herbert, he can really pop with the putter. Um, he can give you a splash putting week where he gains, you know, seven or eight strokes with the putter. And, and if he does that, this is going to be the type of event that he could win. Um, so I definitely think this is not a bad spot for Carson Young. Ryo Ishikawa is a guy I got to mention. So, you know, he's a local Japanese golfer who got to play in the Zozo and came in fourth place, which was pretty solid. And so he earned a sponsor's exemption into this event. And so it begs the question, you know, is he that good? Because if he's actually good enough to continue racking up those finishes, he's going to be a bargain in DFS. Um, And so I kind of don't mind going down here for a guy that might just actually be better at golf than a whole lot of the other guys he's priced around. Last two plays in DFS are going to be Jimmy Walker. He could be pretty good. Last season, he was really good with the driver and the putter. It was everything else in between that gave him issues. And this is the kind of course where if you're good with the driver and the putter, you could probably score pretty well. Uh, And so I definitely don't mind that a little bit. And then lastly, Brent Grant is a bit of a dart throw. He's a guy who's a young guy who's a really long hitter, really inaccurate off the tee, like really inaccurate off the tee. But that's not really going to matter a whole lot here. Uh, And in his young career so far, he's played well at Corral. So he has a little bit of comp course history that I don't mind going with. All right, let's close it out by talking one and done. So again, if your one and done plays the full fall swing and then into, um, you know, the entire of the 2024 PGA Tour calendar, props to you because that is like a dedicated grind and you got to really dig deep on some of those golfers. Like I said, we start our one and done in January. Um, but if I were to make a one and done pick here this week, I I, I kind of think Akshay Bhatia is the play in one and done this week. Um, you 
there's only so many tropical courses on the PGA Tour, and there's only so many times where Akshay is going to be like one of the top 10 favorites on the PGA Tour in his young career so far. So I definitely think that this is a really good spot for him in terms of the course. I think this is a really good spot for him in terms of where he's going to be priced at on the betting board and his actual chances to win this week. He would probably be my guy this week. If you were looking to go away from Akshay, um, Bo Hostler, I think, is a pretty solid play as well. Um, and Justin Suh is probably another guy that I would consider um, in one and done. I would probably stay clear of the big three of Obear, Young, and Thigawa, even though I think that all three of them have a supreme chance to win this week. I, I think that you're probably going to want to use them further down the road in, in your long season if you're playing a full wraparound one and done. Now, if you're just playing a fall only one and done where you only got three more events, fire away. Play the best, best guy you got left. But um, I definitely think that if you're playing season long, it would be Akshay or Suh or Hostler for me. All right, that does it for the Worldwide Technologies Championship Preview for 2023. Um, hopefully, it was able to give you guys a lot of information that you can use to fill out your DFS lineups this week, fill out your betting card this week, and make the right pick in one and done. Whatever your game is, I'm hoping that you end up picking the winners this week. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to the audio feed. Um, we'll be back for the last two fall swing and the PGA Tour events. Hoping to get back on YouTube soon for the golf events, just with my schedule and life right now, it's been a little hectic, so I haven't quite gotten to um, get the videos for golf. Uh, I'm still doing them for college football and I've still got weekly NFL content coming out as well. So make sure you hit that subscribe button so you'll be notified. All right, that does it for this episode, guys. Thank you guys for listening to this point. Best of luck to you this week and I will see you guys next week for the Bermuda Championship. Mm-hmm.